So, tonight we begin a new series um, that will see us through all of 2023 for our evening services. And I've been reflecting on, on where I knew we should focus on a particular theme, and I wasn't quite sure why until I was preparing for preaching last Sunday, where it became clear to me that I think um, part of what God might be wanting to do amongst us as we get more aware of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to grow that security we have in God, to recognize that we are His and He is in us and we are in Him. And part of growing in security is knowing our God better. And part of knowing our God better is to know His character and His ways and, and how He relates to us. And to do that, we can turn to His names we can look at the names of God because they do reveal his character and how he seeks to interact with us. And so tonight we have our first name and we're going to look at the name of Father because Jesus begins there with prayer, does he not, when he says in Matthew 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So Jesus related to the Father and taught us to do so as well. But of course, Father is not just a name of God. Father is a person of God. He is one of the three persons of the Godhead. And so whenever we start talking about Father, and God as Father always gets a little bit tricky, does it not? When we get into this understanding of the Trinity. And we might wonder, well, is there any difference between the persons of the Trinity? Are they just different sides of a, a triangle or some such dis different faces that God puts on? But the scriptures make very clear that that's not the case. That the persons of the Trinity are distinct. And so, uh, for example, in Wayne Grudem's uh, Systematic Theology, uh, always a good one to turn to if you're wanting a wee, to dig in a wee bit, he puts it this way, <coughs> that the persons of the Trinity are equal in being, but subordinate in role. This is as in-depth as tonight is going to get, so don't worry, okay? Equal in being, they're all God. They have all the attributes of God. They are fully God in nature. And there's no difference in that way between them. And so there's, they are all equal. However, they in their being, as how they relate to one another, have a subordination of role. They have different ways of relating to one another and to the world. And so, uh, as you would expect, a father and son relationship to have, the father directs and has authority over the son, and the son obeys and is responsive to the directions of the Father. And we see that through the Gospels time and time again. The Holy Spirit subordinate to both the Father and the Son. There is this willing submission and subordination in role, not in equal status or who is more God than one another. They are all God. But they also have different ways of relating to the world. And in that way, we can begin to see something of their character and how they might relate to us as well. Uh, and so the, the father, uh, he has 
uh, role in creation and redemption in particular, we see him uh, planning and directing and sending then the Son and the Holy Spirit to, to bring about these works of creation and redemption. So there, there is difference. And so when we speak of and teach about God as Father, uh, we're talking about the person of the Father, uh, not the Son or the Holy Spirit, who have very different uh, primary activities and functions, and we relate to them differently. And so when we think of God as Father, we're going to think in certain ways about His character and how He relates to us. And so I wonder if you want to shout out some of the characteristics that come to mind for you when you think of the Father. When you think of the Father, what comes to mind? What are some of the characteristics or how He relates? So, Patience. Patience. Oh, but not too many at once. I'm a man, I can only deal with one conversation at a time, okay? So patience, Pat. Trust. Trust. Forgiving. Forgiving. Nurture. Nurture. Great. Love. Love. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) No more talking. Uh, Grant. Anyone else? Hope. Hope. He gives us hope. Grant. Security. Security. All encompassing. All encompassing. Compassion. Compassion, Keith. Creator. Creator, yeah. So these are all different uh, aspects of the Father that we will see throughout the Scriptures, for sure. I'm sure there's verses that you could think of or stories from the Gospels that we could turn to for that. And, and tonight, I don't feel like I have a particular aspect of the Father to bring to your attention In fact, what I thought was most fitting was to to look at a number of scriptures very briefly to see what the Holy Spirit might put upon your heart tonight. Maybe something you see for the first time. Maybe something you struggle with or or you doubt. Uh, Maybe something just to jog your memory about something you've you've maybe forgotten. And so we're just going to skip through a couple of scriptures uh, fairly quickly. So just following on from what uh, we read earlier, just at the start, Jesus goes on to say, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And so there was that practice in other religions where you had to pray for a long enough time or you had to say certain words and that that would kind of twist the arm of God. But Jesus is teaching us something different about the Father, that He has care for us. He knows our needs and he is, he is ready to provide. And, and that idea of provision of, of the giving character of our Father is, is brought out in Luke's gospel in various places that he gives revelation, that he gives the Holy Spirit, that he gives us the kingdom. He delights to give us the kingdom. Uh, uh, Peter will, will say, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we were talking about hope earlier. Or we could look in John, and we see there the love that we have been lavished with the love of our Father by being brought into his family. Luke 15, the classic place to to look for, for the forgiveness of the Father. But also, we not only see forgiveness in the Father's example of the prodigal son, but also the longing of God's heart for us 
longing for us to come back into relationship. And that when we do, there is such a fantastic celebration in heaven in the Father's heart over us and for us. And if that's something you need to dig into more, uh, maybe you weren't uh, around uh, when uh, I began ministry here in Brighton's, then uh, go to our website and you can go back to the series on the prodigal son. And uh, we did a whole series on that particular uh, parable. So maybe have a look at that. But not only is our Heavenly Father loving in these ways, He's also loving in the discipline He gives to us. He does that out of His love. We can see you too in 2 Corinthians, Paul writing, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Again, that is His, his character, how He desires to interact with us and to be known by us. And so as I say, uh, these are, are there not because I, I felt any prompt to bring a particular aspect uh, to you tonight, but, but maybe in that list, there was something new uh, or something you need to be reminded of or, or something you maybe even doubt. And possibly the invitation of the Father over this next month between now and the next evening service is to take that, that one word, that one idea, the one aspect of the Father's character and to pray about that. To pray tonight, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but also to pray over this next month. I, I was um, listening to a couple of sermons uh, today, uh, just in, in the, the car, uh, taking hope to swimming. Uh, and really, the, uh, between Jim and Kenny and um, uh, Stephen down at Found, just that idea of praying into what God is speaking to you came across in, in many different ways. To take it beyond that head knowledge and to take it into the heart. And yet, we've maybe skipped through that list and you've went, well, I'm not quite sure why I came out tonight because I knew all that in Sunday school. It's all fairly elementary, is it not? And uh, you were expecting a bit more and you thought, well, when he started talking about the Trinity, oh, we're getting into some meaty stuff here. Oh, yeah, bring it on. However, let me remind you as we look in a moment at this passage from John that there's always more to know about the Father. There's always more to know. And I want to take you through a little thought experiment by reflecting on where these verses in the Gospel of John take us um, in relation to the Father. And so Jesus is asked by Philip, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. We might be feeling the same. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now again, that's why we talked about the Trinity at the start. When we see Jesus, we're not seeing the same person, the Father. They're not different sides of the same coin. They are distinct persons. However, in Jesus, we see the character of the Father. And so we see uh, the love that Jesus displays. And so we see the love of the Father. We see the, the readiness to forgive in Jesus and to welcome the sinner and delight in them even. And we see that then too in the Father. 
And so what he teaches in the prodigal son parable is the same that we see lived out by Jesus. So there's that echo of one another. And yet think about this. Uh, I had not thought of this before now, and if you had thought of it already, then that's good, but I'm not sure I did before. In his teaching, Jesus used a number of methods to get our attention and to take what he was teaching down into our hearts and to make it rattle around in our minds uh, so that it would stick there and really take root and get us thinking and mulling over that. And he used lots of different teaching methods for that. One of his teaching methods was humor. And so if Jesus was humorous, then the Father enjoys humor as well. And if the Father can laugh, he laughs as much as he loves. Because the Scriptures teach, our theology in trying to bring together the various threads of Scripture shows that God is no more one attribute than he is another attribute. God is not just a collection of lots of different things that we'd like God to be. So we say, well, I really like that he's loving. I'll have a big portion of love in God. Uh, compassion, that's a good one. We'll have loads of that. Discipline, so just a wee bit of that, God. And uh, You know, your judging thing, well, even smaller, I might not that one. That's not how God works. All his attributes are equal. And he's fully every single one of those attributes. And so he is fully and entirely loving beyond anything we can comprehend. And fully entirely holy beyond anything we can comprehend. But if the Father is also humorous, he's more humorous than we can maybe understand up till now. You could even say that within the Godhead, they have been joking since eternity past. And I struggle to get my head around that a little bit. And it feels a little bit disrespectful for some reason. But it's really not. Because if Jesus can use humor, then the Father can use humor. There is a joy in the heart of God that we've maybe never comprehended. And clearly, we have corrupted humor so badly in society. But there would be no such thing as humor if it wasn't there in God. Otherwise, there would be no humor in the world. There is only love because there is love in God. There is only creativity because God is creative. There is only humor because God is humorous. Now, the main point of tonight is not that God is humorous. <laughs> The main point of that we thought experiment was to say, there is more to the Father than you have ever thought, than I have ever thought. And all too often we reduce the Father down just to what we know, to what we've experienced, whether that be in our father figures, whether that be our actual father or an uncle or maybe someone in church that we've looked up to as a real father figure. And sometimes they have been very positive father figures. But no father figure can be fully like our Heavenly Father. And, and so maybe they have been so forgiving and gracious that there's been not much discipline. And so when our Heavenly Father disciplines us, we, we misunderstand that. We think, oh, he doesn't love me. Not true. 
Of course, there are those of us who have experienced the absence of a father or a harshness or a seriousness, even abuse of a father. And all of that will cloud our, our perception of our Heavenly Father. We will see Him through that lens. And so then there must be a journey, really that all of us have to undertake, a journey where we, we heal from those things of the past to see the Father a little more rightly, as much as we can in this life. Or even to just, as I say, strip away those misperceptions because of even the good fathers we've experienced. And as Jim was saying this morning, it's not about information. In some ways, it's been quite helpful just to go over old passages that we already know because what you need is not more information. What you need is for that information to become something of the heart. As Paul will say in Ephesians, to know this love that surpasses knowledge in chapter three. And so that passage and that prayer that, that Jim had for us this morning, asking God to give us his spirit of wisdom and revelation. Not a spirit of information, but of revelation, of him revealing himself to us so that we know him better by having our hearts enlightened to receive that. And so we're going to now have a time of prayer prayer.